Uh, I listened to uh, The Greatest Generation, which is a Star Trek podcast. And they started with TNG, and now they do uh, TS9. But they had such a hard-on for Jonathan Franks, the actor who played that. He's from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You know what? I get it. That guy kind of oozes charisma. He do. Like, you are right, though. That is a trope of, like... And then he sleeps with the random alien that he definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Whatever yeah. lady is closest. Yes. Just point him in a direction. It's fine, though, because they contract. have space penicillin by then, so, like, who cares? Spacicillin. <laughs> but thank God, apparently, all alien uh, parts fit together. Yeah, all the hoo-hahs and dinguses are the right <laughs> shapes. Honestly, it doesn't even ha- they don't even have to. You just, like, figure it out, you know? It's like I don't. Damon's encouraging no. openness in relationships in space. Yeah. What if they have a duck penis? <laughs> they got one of those corkscrews. Honestly, that sounds more intimidating for someone like me than for someone like you. Well, they are. I would still be intimidated. I wouldn't have anything to do with it, but I would be very intimidated. <laughs> anyway, space sexuality is a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> it's a moving target. We're all just voyagers. It's more like we're a, moving. T- we're it's the moving more like target. A four-dimensional and the plane. sexuality is the <laughs> <Yeah>. corkscrew penis. <laughs> Really, I think we're all talking around what Damon just ch- came upon. It's 4D chess. 4D yeah, chess. So. Uh, 4D chest. I don't know. That's not a measurement. Never mind. What are we talking about this week? <laughs> <laughs> Make believe money. Make believe money. Three fine folks. Welcome to Make Believe Money. I'm Liz. I'm Damon. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan, what are we talking about? We're we're gonna talk about Superstore. We're not gonna shame Damon anymore. Well, I didn't say that. I said we're gonna talk about Superstore and might also shame Damon. It's the name of the show. Shaman. Yeah. Shaman Damon. Shaman Damon. So. Welcome to our new podcast, Shame and Damon. So, super Superstore. Got it in one. <laughs> so good at this podcast. Uh, do you, you want to tell us specifically what we're going to talk about, or should we do ratings or plot? We, I can tell you specifically what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk specifically about a two, and we'll get into it, but three episode arc about unionizing that baffled the shit out of dan (laughs) did you watch them on autoplay on i did (laughs) wait is this so here's what happened is like a season break or something end of season one there it is and then in theory the first episode of season two Uh however they aired one between them because the Olympics was on and they yes, wanted they to capitalize Olympics on the episode. Olympics. That so is very confusing. I thought I had a stroke because <laughs> I watched the end of season one. Wait, what happened to part two? And then I was like, it's like, keep playing. I was like, yeah, I need to watch both parts of the union episode. And it like was five. I thought it was like just a weird cold open thing because, you know, they had the Olympics and whatever. And it just kept going without referring to any of the events of the I past episode. This. I literally paused it. And Googled it because I thought I'd fallen through a time portal. You were reaching for your beard. Ben Winkle? Yeah, I was like, who and what am I in that? Or I was like, is Superstore just a show where they're just like, fuck the audience. We'll finish this up whenever we feel like finishing it up. Continuity is something that we play with as the creators. We are gods onto you. Watch our show about a Walmart-like store. So I did watch all of the, like, 
interim episode because it wasn't bad, but I was just, I literally had to stop it about six minutes in and Google it. <laughs> and thank God for Reddit, which was like, oh yeah, if you're going through the first time, this is what happened. Like, this is why this is this way. And I was like, okay, oh. clearly I'm not the only one who thought they had a rage stroke of some <laughs> sort in the middle of an episode. I vaguely oh. remember that. Oof. See, now I should have added a note about that. Yeah, that part, when you were coming up with ideas, was not added as a footnote worth noting. So To even put an, uh, just to, for context for people who might not be, or if I edited this out, he sent an email to Dan with episodes of shows to watch, and he listed three Bob's Burgers episodes, and the third one was just a for fun one, but he didn't use an Oxford comma, and it sort of seemed like all of them were yeah, uh, he just sent for, fun. for fun. He sent me three episode suggestions, and then the following sentence. Uh, no money here, but worth watching, so I assumed that applied to all, and I it did not. I thought so, too. Oh, well. Anyway, that's why you don't have a Thanksgiving episode. This is Damon's fault. (laughs) We'll get it next year. Um, So we're not talking about the Olympics. (laughs) No, we are not. We are talking about uh, unions. Kitty. I was trying to put him in a more comfortable position, and he went limp. he found it. (laughs) I guess so. He is a good child. He's learned the natural defense is just dead weight as hard as you can. I'm holding the cat in my lap, so if at any point I scream, it's because he decided we were done and bit me. Uh, so what is this show that seems to be primarily about unions and the Olympics? So this store, this show is about a store that's an awful lot like a Target or a Walmart. I'd say it's probably closer to a Walmart than a Target. Uh, don't compare them to Target. They would be pretty offended by that. As would most, I think, Target. It's a plot point in a season. Oh, <laughs> One of the characters goes to work for Target, and it's, oh, that's it's right. a whole thing. That's right. They would be offended by that. Target <laughs> exists Target in this universe. As a Target shopper, I would also be offended. It gave me much more of a Walmart vibe it than a does, Target vibe. It does, doesn't it? It's it a does. little on Especially, the funkier side. It's surprising how much the vests do it for you. Yes, the mm-hmm. blue. they wear blue vests, right. and they have like an old lady greeter for most of the show. So like... It's definitely a Walmart vibe. The cat is eating food that's not there because he's <laughs> so hungry. <laughs> it's not even food time yet. Just chill out. Um, so, but this show is about uh, a, a number of people. I guess it's kind of like if The Office were not self-aware and was set in a Walmart. Yeah. yeah. That's not a terrible description. Right? I mean, I... Fun fact, our ratings are going to tell you that. I don't know <laughs> about this show. But Dan seems like that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, good enough for me. Um, it's it's about, uh, you know, like a bunch of different types of people with various levels of competency trying their best to make a minimum wage job work for them. Yeah, it's very real in that, like, it is, the cast is made up of people who, like, if you've ever worked a retail job, like, you have lifers and you have like young people who are there just as like starter jobs and you have people who are like i just moved back to town and i need something to like get me by and people and who don't have any other idea the thing i liked about it the most is spoilers on ratings uh i have only seen these three episodes and i immediately <laughs> but i feel like <laughs> what a three to get into yeah, but, yeah. but i immediately recognize a lot of those characters from jobs i have worked in my life where i was oh, like yeah. oh i know that like mom who's just getting back in the workforce that I once worked for. I know that like mm-hmm. kid who didn't care about anything, but parents said he had to get a job to build character. Yeah. Like I know these tropes pretty well from it. Life. It's life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's really just about their, like their foibles and their well-meaning, but very dim-witted manager, uh, Glenn, uh, who does his best, but he's kind of dumb. In an endearing way, not in an infuriating way most of the time. 
Yeah, it's charming. Yeah. Like, it It doesn't... It's not a mean show by any means. No, people, like, play pranks on each other and stuff, but it's always, like, in good spirits or someone really deserved it. And I feel like the consequences are always very real for, like, the the pranks that get pulled on people. Yeah, sometimes people should have been fired, though. Sometimes people should have been fired. <laughs> a lot of things that happen that people should have been fired. <laughs> There's a whole episode arc, Dan, about how their mascot is actually a serial killer. <laughs> like Wait, the what? guy, the guy who like dresses up as the cloud <laughs> and, and does all their like promotional materials. It turns out that he was a serial killer, like John Wayne Gacy style. Oh, God. And they like have to quickly change all of their marketing <laughs> materials. And then there's a whole episode where there's a dead body in the wall. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Anyway, I remember all the Just gruesome like ones. <laughs> Weird um, that you remember the spooky stuff. The spooky stuff? So Liz? are you going to no. take that into your rating? The spooky stuff that I remember and nothing else? You're a 10 yeah. on the spooky stuff. I think I'm a 10 a on the spooky scale. On else. <laughs> Honestly. Um, this is... So to do... Let's do ratings, I guess. My rating would be probably a 5. Because I feel like it's one of your favorite shows, Damon, and I watch it with you a lot, and I like it a lot, but I was uh, not paying attention as much to the first couple seasons as I think uh, you were. So my rating's a little bit lower. But I love everybody on it, and I think they do a great job. Yeah, I'm going to pick myself at a... S- so if you're listening... If you're listening out there, here, America Ferrara, for <laughs> I've been a fan of yours since Real Women Have Curves, you're great, and let's talk. Not Sister to the Traveling Pants? No, that was, that was after that. Oh. Yeah. I don't. Her breakout role. Oh, there you go. Was real women have curves, which is about like working in a sweatshop. Is weird. Anyway, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> well, then should we do an episode on real women have curves? Yes. <laughs> Anywho, sorry, um, I would pick myself at a seven um, because I uh, I do enjoy this show quite a bit. I jumped on it as a recommendation, so luckily I had three seasons to binge when I got into it. This was just after um, you finished something else, right? Yeah, we had like run out of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely scratches that itch. Probably not the least because the showrunner is a office alum. Oh, that'll um, do it. So like, it definitely has that lineage behind it, and you can tell in like, the way that it's written. Um, and I, I just enjoy it endlessly. Um there are these really delightful. <laughs> what would you even call them? Like I don't know what you're talking about. Asides, yet. I guess. Oh, there's like, like little interstitials between scenes where you just see what's happening in the stores. And they're always less like surreal nonsense. The best one <laughs> in the last episode was there was a guy in the produce aisle just like looking for lemons, and there was a raccoon <laughs> in the middle of the pears just eating one. <laughs> A lot of the time they're like kids who are left to their own devices, like pooping in a toilet and then flushing it and like not having anything happen because it's a floor model toilet. And like they're all they're great. Yeah, just really delightful. Just too real to be (laughs) fiction things um, that I just eat up so much. They have no place on like primetime television, but they're they're delightful. They're little pieces of poetry. I love it very much. So I said seven. Uh, they're on the fourth seasons? season. <laughs> okay. How many episodes a season? Uh, they're, they're a 22, 22. episode show. Yeah. So that's 88. I watched three of this one. Oh. 0.034. That's better there than Bob's. Yeah. No, I, I got up a whole decimal place Good on that job. one. So yeah, I've watched three episodes. Probably less than 100 episodes, but you have, so you have a 3%. I went, yeah. And the other one I was, 
at 0.5%. Oh, 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 oh. It was 0. 0.005, now I'm at 0. 0.03. So I moved up a whole decimal place. There we go. Okay. Yeah. From the thousands to the hundredths. Nice job. Uh, because I went to 3 over 88 instead of 1 over 198. 100, yeah. <laughs> cool. So That'll do it. Things got better. Math. Um, go yeah. on. I have seen these three episodes. I liked what I saw. Um, yeah, it's something I think I'd be more inclined to explore Bob's Burgers first. Sure. And I think there's a better chance I could get Megan on that train than this one. She's not a big, I don't, she's not a big, like. Like a sitcom? Like a, like a workplace sitcom person? Yeah, well, I don't even know what, because I don't think she's a, I mean, not a big, she never really got into the office. Like, there's something about this type of show that doesn't speak to her. Sure. I don't know what that is. She liked Parks and Rec, didn't she? She did. But this was like, I, I similarly felt I had a lot of resistance going into the office and a lot of resistance going to Parks and Rec because I was like, I don't think I like this format of show. And that when we started watching Superstore, I had put it off for a really long time because I was like, I don't know if this is going to be any good. Why is America Ferreira, America's darling, trapped in this terrible show? <laughs> and then it turned out it's a great show. <laughs> I also wonder if some of it's the interpersonal conflict or not a direct conflict all the time. But like, if you think about Parks and Rec, like they all, for the most part, like each other mm-hmm. and are against the world and community and the outside. Of well, that can <laughs> be frustrating be, for like, me. But like in the office, you know, there is like the whole. There's an asshole. Political, like the politics of the office, which I mean is correct, but like, same with this. It seemed like you know, at least in the one I watched, the assistant manager is a real kind of piece of work, and they're well, kind of well. It's like, like they're always against the corporate, like the whole corporate greed of the store model is against them, and gotcha. it can feel very punishing in a way that I don't always like. Where like in the most recent episodes, one of the characters is going to have a baby and like their insurance doesn't cover anything except for like this clinic where there's a literal dead woman in the bed next to them that no one addresses until the end of the episode. That's the impetus of the ones, these ones too. Oh, the impetus of them unionizing, if you remember. So to give the plot about these three episodes that I watched is the first one, they go on strike because, um, one of their employees is having a baby and basically can't. Cheyenne. Cheyenne yeah, and she's yeah. planning on like coming back to work the next day because she needs the money. And they're like, no, they should give us paid sick leave and then they don't, or paid medic- maternity leave and they don't. And so then the Glenn, the nice manager, um, suspends her. She winds up giving birth in the store. And so he suspends her with pay for six weeks. Yeah. And, and there's like a corporate fired. rep there to see it. So he does get fired. Yeah. So they go on strike to get his job back. Then there's a second episode in this series that has nothing to do with anything that I just said. <laughs> the Olympics. And, is making, and made me lose my damn gourd. Is Glenn in that one? Yeah. yeah. Is he at the store it like is, it never oh, happened? Oh, 100%. Cheyenne has not yet had her baby. She's pregnant. It's weird. It's like back in <laughs> oh, time. Oh, that's right. Like, it's very odd. That's weird. Uh, but anyway, and then in the... So in the next one, they're trying to unionize to, like, get maternity leave, get better, like... Apparently they all work them like thirty hours, so they don't have to give them benefits instead of working them forty. Sure. And, like, and they don't actually say the number of hours. That might be nineteen, but you get the idea. They want to get his job back, so they try to like get a bunch of things. But anyway, we just thought it was funny because the impetus there is also like not being treated well, which probably says something about our culture that you can make repeated episodes about how poorly you treat parents <laughs> and, and they're different parent and parental rights, and we have multiple beefs about that. But here we are. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be interesting to come back to that one because it does talk about like different levels of in the the more recent one because it talks about like different levels of insurance and uh, 
benefits in hospitals, Oof. which is a dark episode to go down. I, I would be happy to talk about that stuff. It is a lot. Yeah. Insurance is complicated. Maybe we should bring my friend Tegan on for that because she has started to work in insurance and knows her way around that kind of crap now. Yeah. I mean, she's welcome. I have all oh, four right. of my insurance licenses. Does do but I would too. also, I, I mean, I that. like Tegan a lot and I would love to have her I here. I super forgot about I that. I just <laughs> also know where I'm I, so sorry, Dan. I speak. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. We should get a real doctor in here and you're like, I'm a fucking what brain surgeon. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I you're would just a regular money person, Dan. Be quiet. <laughs> Hush, uh, money man. <laughs> but I would love to speak to Tegan. Sure, uh, we can figure out something else great that she human. can do too. Uh, she likes shows. Um, but anywho, um, yeah. So the only thing I didn't like about this, and I think it might have been one of those weird nothing to do with anything, was the non non canonical episode you watched. Well, the no, that <laughs> the time crime. No, that I that, that I blacked out for. Um, <laughs> No, it was the camera work is very jumpy. Yeah. In like a way that there are other shows that are like that, but like it it felt more so in this one to me. I think that that kind of evens out. I don't think it's the same in this most recent season. And again, it might have been just that like I noticed it and then I couldn't stop noticing it. And like oh, no. any other time I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I don't know. I but. wonder I if we think, go back and watch. I wonder if... I wonder if you think that more about the second of the two episodes in the arc. And I wonder if that's true because they were outside for such a large portion of it. Yeah, and they are because they the whole episode. Yeah. They get the benefit because it primarily takes place in the store. And like I think most exterior shots they wind up doing are all at night. So like a lot of times they probably don't have a very punishing shooting schedule because of it. Mm, so they sorry. may have had to stitch more epi- more shots together for some of that exterior stuff. That's a very mm. interesting thought. I, never I don't really know about that. Yeah, but I most re- night I shots are stitched together from day shots anyway. When I started to notice it, I just mm-hmm. I noticed it like there was one particularly jarring jump, and then I couldn't not. And then like there were very little like just bumps. But I couldn't stop noticing it once I got caught up in the like line. a cameraman you know I mean? was holding a camera. It looked like okay. someone was just holding a camera and just through like courses of breath, it was just a little bit. Which again, I think like The Office and a couple of other shows actually do that somewhat intentionally. Like yeah, it's not to remind you that there's a camera person. I think too is like it remembering that this is also season one and season two. Like it could be something they moved away from when they decided like, oh, this is not an office. Right. For what season are we on now? You said four. This is season four that's airing right now. And maybe they did. That yeah. makes sense. So again, I, I I don't know anything. It could be any number of those things. And I'd be interested in watching a few more just to see if it's a continuing thing. I just like, there was one in particular. I don't remember where in the episode that it happened. I was like, oh, it like drew attention to itself. And then I was like, oh, maybe that's like a, a vibe they're trying to do and then it wasn't used intentionally and that just kind of jarred me. Not enough that I didn't like it, but just enough that I was like, huh, that just Now you seemed, can see it and you can't not see it. Yeah, it just seemed, not even that, it just, like I said, it almost did seem intentional and then wasn't Wasn't intentional enough to in, be a, in any way. You sure, know what I mean? Like, I get that. That gets frustrating. You can do things, like Children of Man has this great, like, one take zooming throughout a car that's like, it's it's intentional and you notice it but they want you to, but like you have to make that choice. You know what I mean? Did you ever watch the making of for that where they had like spring loaded seats and as the camera spin, they all like, like slam themselves back so that they're out of the way of the camera. Yeah. It's it's great. Really impressive. Yeah. I love that movie. That guy is also like hanging upside down, like down through the center of the car Mm -hmm. to like, yeah. And they're all like, get out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) They just went on Netflix. 
Oh, good. Well, I had it on DVD, but I it's another do. one of those things but... where you never dig out a DVD. <laughs> yeah, I never watch it until it's on something like that. And I'm like, ooh, cool. I can watch Children of Men anytime I want. Like the like last 12 years. <laughs> like how I can watch Crash. <laughs> Damn you, 20 something Liz. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Where's the money? Yeah, unions. Let's talk unions. So. Quite frankly, I don't have a lot of money stuff. Okay. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this one is because you guys <laughs> bullied once you into told it. me. No, you guys basically said unions. What? Unions. What are they? How do they work? Are they real? Like magnets? I don't know. Does uh, anyone just know? like magnets, they're not. Um, <laughs> so I figured I would talk a little bit about unions and what and why and, and all other things. And sure. then I will kind of turn it over to you. And if you have questions, great. And if not, we wrap it up and go home. Interesting. My only familiarity with unions, just to give my rating on the unions, yes. is that a four. Um, <laughs> my familiarity with, with unions is only through my like theater education. We talk a lot about like SAG and AFTRA and they are the same thing now, but like an equity for theater actors. Right. Um, but what I had always understood them to be was like a company that makes like a, you're a member of this thing that you pay dues into. And in return, they provide you with health insurance. If you work uh, a certain number of hours in a year. And then they also make sure that the places that you actually work at are held to certain standards so that you have like regulated breaks and like, regulated pay that you're uh, going to expect. And that's what like my understanding of unions, at least in the performing sphere. And I, I, I don't know much about unions outside of acting. Is that it? Did I get it? I would say no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The hard part is it's, it's yes and no. Okay. Those are all things that a union can do. Okay. But it's not really what a union is. Oh, a union at its core is about collective bargaining. Okay. That's really what a union is. And really, unions, you can argue whether they're needed or not needed now, and there's a lot of politics around that. Mm-hmm. But they did a ton of good. I mean, before unions, you're talking child labor. You're talking there was a 40 hour work week, was it? You're union talking 70 right? hour work weeks. Ouch. You're talking unsafe working conditions. You're talking a lot of things like that. So at their heart, Basically, what unions are, are, are they're, they're bargaining agreements. They're basically a group of people coming together saying, this is unfair for whatever reason. We think this is inappropriate, unfair, unsafe, whatever it is. And if you go to your company and say, hey, I don't want to be your admin assistant until you have uh, a pool table, they're going to say, get out, you're fired. But if every admin assistant across the country said, we're not working until there's pool tables in every offices, this is a silly example. No, but but it's the goal of my life. (laughs) I don't know Um, how you got in one. (laughs) um, Then they, in theory, they being companies need to do something. So because everybody would walk out otherwise. Right. And things break down. Um, So there can be unions in big enough companies So, like, one of the very famous union activities was there was a strike on the railroads um, for various working condition reasons. I think it was Garfield, I want to say, was the president. 
Um, like, the cat? He yes, hates Mondays. <laughs> he sent in lasagnas to appease them. No and one works they on all Mondays. Went back to work. But actually, because the railroads carried a lot of mail, he sent in um, federal troops to oh. get them back to work. And it wound up violent, and a couple of people died, and Ouch. like a bunch of people were injured, and like it, it became a big thing, uh, obviously, <laughs> as it should have been. Yeah. Um, but so, like, basically, it's a bunch of people getting together. So you can do that. Where you can so big companies, you can have a group that's just in the company. You can say all of the car makers at Tesla are not going to do this right mm-hmm. until you fix it. They're even more powerful if you get them across companies, right? Because in theory, and we're going to talk about this when it comes to Superstore, a union has more power the more specialized your job, which is interesting because they're thought about as working class, and they often are, but like. One of the reasons it doesn't work in Superstore, they bust in employees from another shop and, gun to their head, they could find plenty of other people to do jobs that the Superstore people Sure, because it's not a particularly specialized thing. You right. just need to learn how to use stacking, the POS program. Yeah, stacking yeah. a bunch of melons in a display is not a thing that takes a lot of particular specialized skills. Okay. But things like being an electrician, being a plumber... Um, you know, maybe working on the railroads, a lot of that sort of stuff can be very specialized and therefore you have more power. One of the things, not to get too topical, but it's actually interesting. You're starting to see union-esque movements nowadays in the places where things are more specialized, which is to say tech. Yeah. All those Google employees that worked out or that walked out saying we need better sexual harassment protections, laws, responsibility, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, that was not a union, but, but that is a union-style union action. Yeah. Okay. Where they all go and say, hey, we are hard to replace. We're highly technically skilled workers. We're not okay with the way things are happening in our company. We are going to Fix do something else. to try to put pressure on you to change that thing. I and think video game workers are about to do the same sort of thing for like... Um, the hours that they work. I don't know if you mm. know about like Red Dead Redemption 2, the like guy, this CEO, and probably wrong on that one, but like bragged in his like reveal speech that they had worked like thousands of hours over what they should have and like they no nobody ever went home and everybody's like, that's not good. You yeah. shouldn't want that. <laughs> like yeah. good. I don't yeah. think any game Hire is worth hands. that. Yeah. yeah. Um but I think that they're on the verge of doing something similar. And that's really interesting. Um where do you feel like, I, to make it even more topical, there was a very recent hotel workers' strike in Chicago. Did it resolve? It did. It did in their favor, I hope? Uh, they went back to work, so I imagine so I they, got, they were happy with the if answer. Not, if yeah. not everything, yeah. 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 Um, but would you call them like specialized in that kind of way, or is it just like, I mean, they have a union. Yeah. Um, so again, unions can exist for non-specialized things and okay. sometimes sometimes work out. Um, the other thing is, you know, this is, you got to be careful, but like unions can still have a lot of power, um, even for non-specialized, just from a disruptive purpose, right? The issue with something like a hotel worker, let's say, mm-hmm. and let's say it's the maids, uh, not to be mean. No, I think it but was. <laughs> that is a position that probably anyone with a little bit of training could do 
right? Sure. If you're there is some skill, but it's not like I was a gonna ton say. I bet there's like some sort of like <clears throat> sanitation standard or something you have to learn how to meet. But in I'm the same sure. way that when you work at a food place, you got to do like food safety, right? Yeah. I'm sure, but like it, it's relatively low compared to an aeronautics engineer. Let's say, for sure. example, sure, right? Sure. There are more people in the world that can do it than other things. However, so if they announce we're going on strike for a year, then honestly they lose some power because the company might just start replacing them. Yeah. But even for something like that, you can't get people trained in a day or a week. And especially for something like a hotel, if it's not clean, you can't, like, I guess rent it. I never think of it as renting, but you can't sell it. Whatever you want to use. Well, whatever kind of renting, you want to use there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't utilize your product. You can't offer your product if it's not clean. And so short strikes are actually very effective, probably, in that sort of situation. Yeah. Because... What are you going to do, right? There's no point in hiring a bunch of new people and going through that expense for a week-long strike, but you lose a ton of business in a week-long strike. So Especially again, on a hotel where people already have reservations. <coughs> I was right. going to say, and I imagine margins are relatively thin they in are. the uh, hotel industry. Right. So like, if you're smart about... If you really are strategic about who and what you are and what your specialties are as a union and what the strengths of the people... And that's why unions tend to unionize across you know, pipe workers and electricians and clowns and whatever they are. So that you they can't tend get be, like scabs to come and well, not only scab, but they tend to be industry specific because you want your union rep to be smart about the things that they try to do for you because a, then they know what's the problems in your industry they need to resolve and B, they know how to like most hurt the employer in kind of an aggressive way, but kind of a helpful way. Right. Sure. Uh, aeronautics engineer could probably go on strike for a year. Like, sure. to train up a new aeronautics engineer is not easy to do. A hotel union probably can't do that. So you have to be strategic about how you do go on strike. Right, and, like, certain things, right? Like, um, pilots, I think, or maybe it was air traffic controllers. Or there was, like, a, there was somebody in the aeronautics, I remember, went on strike not too I'm long ago. I'm pretty sure you're right. I think and it was in air Europe, traffic controllers. they did a bunch. But, you know, they would know, hey, we're going on strike the week of Thanksgiving. Well, that's good fucking sucks. luck, America. Right, like that would. No, you're not because you're getting whatever you want. Well, <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that, that, that maybe doesn't work for electricians. Maybe they need to do something else. But like your union should know. Then, like, sure, don't get it resolved. Lose the second biggest or first biggest, maybe even travel day in the country. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Right. Like so. Yeah, I mean. The problem with unions and why a lot of people don't like them. I was going to ask. I'm not sure why well, people are against them. There's a couple of reasons. Okay. One, rich people have a lot of money to demonize something that shouldn't be demonized. There you go. Not my opinion, so don't flame Damon and Liz. The Republican Party. <laughs> no, does, you can flame me. I agree. <laughs> the Republican Party does an excellent job of taking a lot of money and putting it into media to make poor people think that things that help poor people are evil. It so sucks. <laughs> don't expend Medicare. That's evil. Don't do unions. That's evil. Don't, like, they do all these things that, like, people think are bad that, that are good for rich people would help and them. would help the working class a ton. And yet somehow we're in this backwards, screwy world where people do not understand it. The, raising the minimum wage will destroy the economy. They raised it in Seattle. It is the, like, totally second fine. fastest growing metro in the country. <laughs> I think it'll be it okay. It works. Anyway. Um, so part of it is uh, demonization, frankly. Sure. Uh, over a long time period. That's what I figured was a good chunk of it. Um, and the problem is corporations got on that is they've gotten more power as well because unions are bad for, for like the Target people that they walk out on, Walmart, right? Like, yeah. um, so that's part of it. The other part of it, and this I will not blame on 
eating the rich, though I'm still into eating the rich. Anytime. Um, is that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Sure. Right? So when you get a union and it gets easy to get, and there's not great oversight, and especially if you get a big union where there's a lot of people paying a lot of dues, becomes a lot of money. This is what happened to Bethlehem Steel. Uh, not entirely. I mean, <clears throat> steel in the U.S. isn't exactly the most like affordable option anyway for companies that need steel, but like they were... I remember hearing about how their union was super top heavy and uh, they didn't bargain correctly and something, something. Right. So profit. <laughs> all sorts of things happen, right? Yeah. Um, there are unions that have driven their companies out of business. That's a more of a rarity, but that has happened. And mm -hmm. so then sometimes people are like, oh, you got what you wanted at the expense of all your jobs. So how do you feel now? Right. Well, that's like dumb. <laughs> that's rare, but it does happen. Um, there are unions that have gone corrupt where people are just embezzling money from the union, the people who run the union, right? So that's bad news. Yeah. Um, and then there's unions that have become, like, fractured. And this, you know, especially when unions were very common, they did a lot of things that helped the working class, the white, maybe middle-to-middle-upper-income working class against the really upper class, but it didn't help a lot of the people that it was originally set out to help. Sure. And admittedly, something like a union is never going to be able to help everyone. Sure. That's just the nature of the beast. But it should help the majority. And sometimes it got to the point where it was not. It was helping the loudest voices. Sure. And maybe not the and majority. Not the, majority yeah. Right? yeah. Squeaky's um, wheel getting the grease. Yes, correct. Um, or taking over the union and no longer being the squeakiest wheel, just doing whatever they want. Yeah. Right? Gracing whatever you feel like right. gracing. <laughs> um, because, I mean, admittedly, and this is not right or wrong. People want to care to a certain extent, but it's, you know, they got lives and families and whatever. So just like everything else, like we've talked about this with uh, voting your shares uh, if you're a stockholder. Right. Nobody does it. They just say whatever management says, we're into it, right? Unions, to a certain extent, often get the same way. I don't know. There's 50,000 people who work here. My vote doesn't really matter. I'll just say whatever the Skip union it. boss wants yeah. to do, I agree with. And then that gives the union boss somewhat unchecked power which a lot of them used very well and very rightly. Sometimes but not so course, much. of course, there's always going to be the bad apple that ruins the bunch there, right? Yeah. Things about, like, um, attention, not attention deficits, but, like, um, empathy and uh, care, like, uh, very tangentially. But when there's, like, a lot of bad stuff happening in the world at once, you, you can get, like, empathy fatigue real yeah. easily. And I think the same sort of thing happens when you're, like, asked to care about something that someone else is theoretically in charge of for you that you can be like, well, they got it and I've got plenty of other stuff to worry about. So like if I can let go of this one thing, then I'll have more room to care about what's on right in front of me. I think there's some of that, like you're, yeah, you're, you're only have so much willpower. And I think some of it is also just humans are bad at th dealing with long-term problems, oh, yeah. right? Like it's easy to be like our kids getting a bad grade. I got to deal with that. Or even, you know, we're getting a lot of car accidents. Let's deal with that. We're bad at climate changes killing us slowly over 100 years. Or, <sighs> hey, I know I'm not exercising enough, and in 25 years I'm going to need heart surgery. Like, that's just not the sort of <sighs> problems that humans are good at dealing with. No, not at all. So you, this kind of becomes a similar thing where it's like, oh, this is kind of going down a dark path, but I'm five years away from retirement. Do I have to deal with it? Right. right? Like, like, it will be someone else's problem. <clears throat> Even yeah. if that's someone else's, like, your own grandchildren. I was going to say, yeah. I think with union, with the union approach specifically as well, it's probably a lot easier to pay less attention now that a lot of that things have dramatically improved from their inception rather than, yeah. you know, 
the annual bargaining right. over whether or not you sick have to, days, you know, right. Whether yeah. or not you have the right to go home when you're not feeling well. And there are still areas I think that we need improvement in, right? Like we should get unions or at least popular support for better maternity. Yeah, I was going to say policies, mandatory right? maternity That's something leave. the U.S. doesn't really do well. And we and should. leave. And there are definitely companies that need to be taken to task. And I think the sexual harassment is a good example of an issue that needs uh, more time in the sun, right? Absolutely. But to your point, Damon, whether that's done by a union or not, I don't know. But unions to a certain extent are less needed than they once were just because we have so many federal mandates around what you can and can't do with overtime and working conditions and safety and a lot of things that just like the world has evolved on. Because right? of unions though. So they sort of made themselves obsolete in a good way. Yeah. And I mean, again, they still have some purpose and a lot of them still exist. And, but like, yes, to a certain point they made themselves obsolete, which is, yeah, to your point, not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. You yeah. can, you evolve yourself out of existence. That's sometimes a good thing. I was going right? to say, yeah, I, I wish more things did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the, if car you know. companies get so good at building electric vehicles that gas vehicles no longer exist, that's not a problem. Right. Right. That's a that's solution. A good, you fact. did a good job. Right. So <laughs> that's, sometimes that's the way you want the world to evolve. Right. And if the world gets really shitty again, probably they would <laughs> exist again. I mean, yeah. in a, not in a not un, serious way. I don't think this Google thing will turn into a union, but like populist worker that groups, collective action, collective. Yeah. I mean, that is truly what it is at the end of the day. Collective action will come back in. If we feel like that's the only way we can change society. Right. Honestly, it does sort of feel like the only <coughs> thing that'll change a lot of stuff anymore. Like one or two people yelling about it on the internet isn't doing anything. So like, what else can we do? except for act all together and uh, collectively boycotting or uh, walking out yep. to show a point. Trouble is finding middle ground, right? Yeah. Because like, you almost have to do it apolitically because then it's gotten to the crazy point where it's like, if you're wearing the wrong person's jersey, even if I agree with you, I don't. Right. And like, so you need it to be somehow, like you saw in the most recent elections where it's like, Utah or somebody like up to the minimum wage and expanded Medicare, even though they're deep red state, right? Like sometimes policies, and this goes both ways, progressive or conservative policies can be popular despite the politician. Where you put the like label on top of whatever you actually wanted. Right. Like, oh, I like this conservative policy, but I don't like Republicans. Or I like this progressive policy, but not Democrats. So we need that to like transcend. And one of the ways you can do that is through the workplace where it's like, we all agree we need paternity leave and that's an apolitical agreement or maternity leave or whatever right so right. maybe that'll exist maybe it won't but that is a thing that is one of the re reasons union, unions worked is across your demographic and your political ideology and your everything else everybody was like yeah no matter what happens I don't want to work 70 hours and then lose an arm to a machine mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. yeah for real huh. there's a lot to think about here so anyway, to get back to super... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Damon. No, I was just going to say, I'm very interested to see what the Teamsters will do um, when <coughs> automated vehicles come about. Yeah. Um, just because I know that they are not... They're not the powerhouse they once were, but I... But they're As still far as I know, they are a formidable union. Um, and trucking being the, the work power horse that it is, uh, or employment power horse, I guess. Like, it's going to be a very... It's going to be a very scary time in America, I imagine. For so. when truckers don't have jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is another case. Like, 
this sort of thing happening is another one of those cases where we're bad at looking in the future because we can see that coming now and we're not doing anything about it to be like, here's some job re-education or some opportunities for you to like scooch into a different field and in within the same thing you're already doing. It's like, just like, ah, you're going to be out of a job in like five, 10 years. Oh, well. Yeah. And that's a poor choice. Well, we'll just blame it on illegal Canadians when it comes time for it. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, great. <laughs> so, but If they go story. on strike, could they actually be a caravan? Yeah, they would. I guess they'd be a convoy. They'd be, I was going to say uh, they'd be a convoy. convoy. <laughs> oh. Two for Anywho, so Superstore, just to wrap it up. because What we were you going to do? Barely talk. I had a bit about turning the mic off, but I didn't want to ruin anything. <laughs> Uh, because we barely talked about Superstore. My apologies. Uh, if there's a more money direct one, we can do it. But No, this is good. It actually resolved pretty much how you would expect, wherein they are not a particularly skilled group, and no. they're not organized broadly enough because it was one store, so they just bust in employees from another store and put them to work. But it's still a pain in the ass for the company, so they didn't get the maternity leave they wanted. They didn't get, like, more hours. They didn't get any of that. But they got Glenn's job back. So that's something. Because they literally basically got exactly what their leverage could get them, which is, all right, hire back one employee. That's fine. It's easier than us. Having to shift our entire policy. And getting a bunch of new people. But no, we're not giving you maternity leave because we'll just, we'd rather just replace 20 people. Ugh, fuck this. <laughs> I mean. I know. This is that. That is the part of the but, show that does infuriate me is the like, they can't get ahead. Like, there's constantly, it's very real to how real life works in a way that sometimes I just would like to escape from. <laughs> but that is truly why, I mean, if you think about it, they did a nice job capturing that truly a union, when it comes down to it, is collective bargaining. Yeah. And if you have 20 people at one store, you don't have enough collective to bargain. This at is least good not to know. in a serious way. <coughs> so if you really want to unionize, you got to go big. Yes. And like really, really big across stores. Sorry, the cat is puking in the other room. <laughs> is that what is happening? He's like got a hairball or something. Oh, okay. I was like, what is that sound? He's okay. He's just doing his little herkin thing. <laughs> he was, I think he like naps with his chin against the edge of the tube in a way that he totally shouldn't. And then he'll wake up and just herk for a while. But Damon's going to go massage his throat like a good cat dad. <laughs> anyway, none of this is going to make it to the podcast. <laughs> I was about to say, the other thing is we can just wrap it up. Let's just wrap it up. I think we're out of uh, <laughs> material. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for listening to Make Believe Money. I'm trying to give Damon enough time to walk back to his microphone. <laughs> Great. I've been Liz. I've been Damon. <laughs> I've been Dan. <laughs> Damon, thank you for taking care of our cat. Uh, thanks, as always, to Charles e. Miller for her music and our podcast. Uh, uh, email us at makebelievemoneypodcast at gmail.com. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. And stay tuned next week for more Make Believe Money. Okay, bye! I don't want to make herking noises, but it's too gross. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you hold the cat up to the microphone.